From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplug Roundtable Discussion Email Edition for January twenty second, two thousand nine, from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner. Joined this week by my good friends Kathy Worling, Teresa Eccles, Walter Eccles, Kevin Close, and John Magi. And we are going to read your emails and play your voicemails as we always do, but I will get the usual spiel out of the way first. If you'd like to write us the email address podcast at wdwinfo.com or you can fill out the feedback form on our show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. If you'd like to give us a call toll-free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, 877-310-9662. The local number, if you can't use the toll-free, 407-574-5093. In the United Kingdom, toll-free, 0808-120-2316. And in Australia, toll-free, one 800 Seven seven four five three one. If we read your email or play your voicemail on the show, you will get your choice of a Diz Unplugged t-shirt or pin and lanyard. And then once every month, we select a winner at random from all the emails and voicemails we play on the show, and that person gets to pick a number on the prize matron. Can win anything from a $25 Disney gift certificate all the way up to a seven-day, six-night Magic Your Way package with dining for four at a Disney moderate resort. Nice, nice prize. And there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. So we'd love to hear from you. If you have questions for us on a trip you're planning or uh, comments for us about the show, suggestions for things you'd like to hear, questions for any member of the team, by all means, please go ahead and send us an email or leave us a voicemail, and uh, you might get played on the show. So with that out of the way, we're going to start out with our first voicemail this week. comes to us from Jennifer, who is one of our podcast cruise winners and has an announcement for everyone going on the podcast cruise. So here is Jennifer. Hey, Diz Unplugged team. This is Jennifer, also known as DVC Since 02 on the boards and very grateful podcast cruise winner thanks to Walter's dislike of tomatoes and onions. <laughs> I'm calling in to make an announcement. There will be an unofficial pre-cruise Diz meet and greet on Saturday, May 9th at the Polynesian Beach, approximately one hour before wishes. We invite our fellow cruisers and dizzers to join us for Dole Whips or whatever beverage you choose and say an early hello and watch wishes and the electric water pageant. If you're interested in continuing to party afterwards, the group will be going to Jelly Rolls at the Boardwalk Resort. There is a thread started on the podcast forum and we're just trying to get a count of how many people may be coming, so please respond there. Also, I wanted to remind anyone who will be cruising about the fish extender thread. For those of you who don't know what that is, mark your bingo square. There is a metal fish on the outside of your stateroom door. Cast members use this to place notes for you or your room. You can hang anything from a paper bag to your own custom-made extender to exchange small gifts and trinkets with your fellow cruisers. Lots of ideas and suggestions can be found on the sticky thread at the top of the podcast forum page. The last day to sign up for the Fish Extender Exchange is January 31st. Another reminder is to wear your Diz Unplugged t-shirts on the day of embarkation so we can say hello to each other. 
If you don't yet have a Diz Unplugged t-shirt, you can purchase one from the Diz. Remember, 100% of the price goes to Give Kids the World. Finally, if you haven't done so already, Ask Tracy is posting the screen names, real names, and other special information on the first page of the podcast cruise threads. Add your name to the list by letting Tracy know that it's okay to share it. And this goes for you too, Pete. Thanks for playing my voicemail, and I look forward to seeing everyone in May. Bye. Well, thank you, Jennifer, for calling in, and uh, thank you for mentioning the uh, Give Kids the World shirts. I almost forgot to mention that this week. Um, my uh, my guilt trip last week uh, was pretty effective. Got a lot of orders in, and uh, of course it doesn't count until the checks actually arrive. But uh, as long as everybody who filled out an order form actually sends in their check, um, we did uh, we did real well last week. There were a lot of orders came in, and uh, we've been seeing a nice steady flow, and we want to keep that going. And uh, which is a nice segue into uh, the next uh, email I want to read comes to us from uh, Dave Ness in Port Orchard, Washington. And he writes, I was listening to the podcast from last week, and during the part on the marathon, I became extremely interested. It sounded like so much fun, except for the running part for everyone involved. I had no idea there was so much to do during the weekend, and it sounds like Disney has found a target for further growth of the Disney family. I was driving in Montana when I was listening to the broadcast and became so excited, I called my bride to see how many points it would take DVC to rent a grand villa, as I will invite several friends to join me in running in 2010. Now, with that said, I need to lose a few inches on my waist, and I'm a guy who needs targets and goals to help me achieve something. In July, my daughter is getting married, and when I was in Disneyland in December, my future son-in-law proposed in front of the castle after the fireworks. I looked at the pictures, and I looked like a human dogbert, he puts in quotes. So I want me to look better for her wedding pictures. Uh, then my bride and I will be anniversarying aboard the Disney Magic in August as we celebrate 25 years together. After that, I have no real goals to keep me in line. So I've made a goal of running in the 5K on Friday and then the half marathon on Saturday, Saturday during the 2010 weekend. The idea I want to share with you and your crew is that maybe you could put together a package through Dreams Unlimited where you have two or 300 marathon spots reserved, have T-shirts designed for the runners, so they can be identified as Diz Borders, have a uh, no-host bar reception uh, during the weekend so Team Diz Boards can get together and maybe have an opportunity to run for Give Kids the World by getting our friends and families to sponsor us. You could offer hotel, transportation, registration, dinner, reception, etc., or a combination of what is needed by each runner family. No reason Dreams Unlimited can't make a few bucks, too. I really see this becoming a great annual event and a way for us to help families with Give Kids the World. After I email this, I'm going to order a T-shirt to wear while I shrink to The Simpsons. I plan on watching all 11 seasons of The Simpsons as I work out over the next year and begin my support of families who need help during a terrible time in their life. Plus, I will be adding a little extra. I challenge all listeners to give a little extra when they order their shirts, too. I will start the challenge at $100 per t-shirt. We need to reach the goal of 15000 but fellow listeners, let's blow this away at 25000 Take the challenge, I dare you. Also, holiday and supports give kids the world's too, and FYI for your listeners. Keep up the fine job, Dave Ness. Wow. Yeah, that's very generous, Dave. Thank you very much. Um, it's, uh, you know, look, 
if you can, if people can afford to give extra to, like I said, you know, for give kids the world, that's great. That's great. I'm I'm happy just if people buy a T-shirt, just to raise the money. Um, we're really, I'm really. This is something obviously that I'm very passionate about right now, and I like your idea about maybe doing something in uh, 2010. Uh, you know, with a, with a large group to help raise money for Give Kids the World. I know that uh, Dave Parfit had mentioned that there was a, a group that was raising money for, I think, the Leukemia Foundation mm-hmm. uh, this past year. So it's certainly something that's done. So I will give your uh, your suggestion some some thought. But uh, I really appreciate uh, really appreciate the email and the I, and the idea. We've actually had a couple of listeners uh, give more than. The uh, twenty-five dollars for the shirt, which is greatly appreciated, and again, every single dollar goes to uh, give kids the world. And we are keeping a. Um, if you go to the shirt order form page, there's now a little uh, little tally there about how much we've raised. That is dependent. On, that's actually uh, uh, changes when the checks come in, not when the orders come in. So as we receive checks and they're marked off as paid in our system, that tally continues to uh, to rise. So, you know, you can keep an eye on that and help us reach the goal. I set a goal of ten thousand. If we could hit twenty five thousand, I'd be a happy man. That would be an awesome, awesome donation to be able to make. So, we appreciate that, Dave. Thanks very much for writing in. Who else has an email they'd like to read? I do. Okay. I'm here. Would you like to whisper some okay, more? I will. Okay, this is from Dorothy. Come on, silky voice, read out. <laughs> Happy New Year, podcast crew. My name is Dorothy, always Disney dreaming on the boards. My sister and I are going on the podcast cruise, and this is our only, our first Disney cruise, be our first ever cruise. I have a question. I have read in a book that when you check in, you must put $500 on your onboard account for purchases. Is this 500 per person or 500 per room? Any information would be greatly appreciated. Also, as I believe that we are not on- the only ones the first-time cruisers and would please go over the check-in process and any other things as newbies should do for first time. Dorothy. Dorothy, we are actually going to be doing a um, what I'm going to be calling a Disney Cruise Line primer. And this is to help our folks who are going on the podcast cruise and anybody else who's done a first-time We'll be on a cruise for the first time, and what we're going to do is take you through this, the entire process, and we're probably going to start that next week on the show. So we'll talk to you a little bit about the check-in process then and the things you need to be prepared for. As far as your onboard account, what they want is they want you to have money on your account for incidentals. Usually people leave a credit card. You give them a credit card that authorizes them to charge the credit card if they reach a certain dollar amount on your room charge. If you don't have a credit card, they like you to leave cash. Um, it's usually per room. It's not um, per person. And you don't have to do this as well. There's no, you know, nobody there to police you if you don't do it. However, it's for room incidentals. It's things like if you buy drinks or um, souvenirs in the shops or you pay for your shore excursions with your Key to the World card, which is what you use your, um, it was, what's it called on Disney Cruise Line? They still call it Key to the World yeah. card? Key to the World, I'm pretty sure. Key to the World card. So that's what that's about. So usually what people do is they just leave their credit card on file, and Disney Cruise Line will charge it as time goes by. I have a question to add to that. Um, your kids traveling with you, they have the little Key to the World, too? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
You can specify that there are no charging privileges. Each card can actually be given a limit. Oh, good. Okay. I was wondering about that. So if you want, yeah, especially with Grace. (laughs) Grace. So if you want to say whatever she wants, a hundred bucks or something like that, or if you want to have no charging privileges at all. Okay. And they can use a debit card too. Yes. Yeah, it can be a credit card or a debit card on file. Um, one of the things you can do is you can go to guest services during your cruise and you can settle up your account at any time. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to put that on your credit card and you want to pay cash or you want to do something else. Or you want to write them a personal check, they will accept a personal check. Right. Can you do that ahead of time? I mean, put money on this account ahead of time? Mm-hmm. What they're called the shipboard credits. Dreams Unlimited Travel is giving people a shipboard credit on this cruise. And that's like having a, a credit on your account before you oh, check in. okay. And you can do also, if you want to, you can put your own credit on your account before you check in. So you can have... It's like a little savings account. I had getting time. closer mm-hmm. to the... Okay. Yeah. Cool. And that's like when you first get on, now your, your bill will have a negative balance on it for how much money you've put on your account. Cool. But again, Dorothy, we're going to be doing this whole uh, Disney Cruise Line primer, and we're going to talk about the process and what you can expect during the process, especially for first-time cruisers who've never done it before. And we'll take you through the through the pre-cruise process, then checking in, and then some of the things that you can expect while actually on the cruise. I'm looking forward to that one. Cool. I think it's great that some first-time cruisers are going with us on a podcast. A lot of first-time yeah, a cruisers. A lot of first-time yeah. cruisers are excited about it. And and I, I'm just I'm going to tell you guys if this is your first time on a cruise, you are going to ask yourself the question: How is it possible I have not done this before? Oh, I did that. It and now is I've been what every, four times and every year and single a half. person I know that goes on, especially a Disney cruise, or at least that's who I've talked to, people who go on a Disney cruise for the first time. They come back and they say this. Everybody comes back and says the same thing. How is it possible I have not done this before? They are addicting. The problem is you're not always going to be able to get three or 400 of your lunatic friends to go with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is going to be a very unique experience. And one of the things that we're challenged with, there's a lot of ideas we have about things we want to do. We kind of illuminated uh, in a previous show what, we, what our plans were uh, in terms of uh, for the podcast crews. But we're trying to strike this balance where we, you know, do stuff together as a group, but also give people the kind of time they need to really experience the cruise line. If we're spending all our time doing special stuff, then, you know, you're really not getting a chance to experience the cruise the way you should. And so we're trying to kind of trying to find that balance rather than having something go on every minute of every day. You know, do some special stuff like, you know, we're going to have the we're going to have an event the opening night. We're going to have a reception the you know the first night of the cruise. Uh, we're going to do the Palo brunch. We're going to do some other stuff, but uh, we're really trying to keep it, you know, trying to keep it so that you guys can have an experience with us as a group, but also have an experience on your own uh, with your families. Really, kind of soak up the ship, get a chance to see the ship, experience it, um, and and Castaway Key. That's another, you know, we were thinking about doing something on Castaway Key. But that is such a, a great experience that you really just need to go experience Castaway Key. Yeah, I think so. Especially for first-timers, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. definitely do Especially that. for first-timers. Nassau, you're not missing anything. Do you have to get off the boat at all if you don't no. want to? No, no you don't. Mm-hmm. No, I yeah, they don't. come with a gun and they force you off the ship. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> off. Everybody you are going to make walk the plank. That's what I figure. It's fun staying on the ship after everybody gets off. 
you know, go to the movies, go to the play. Oh yeah, it's 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 weird because like there's nobody on the show, especially if it's a castaway key day, a castaway key day, and you choose not to get off the ship because the ship's pretty much empty. You have it to yourself. Um, One of my great Bob memories is John and I decided we weren't getting off the at Castaway Key one day. We're not beach people. And Mike and Bob decided, well, if John and Kevin aren't doing it, then we're not going to do it either. So the four of us had the adult pool all to ourselves for the entire day. It was great fun. Yeah. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. So, All right. Well, thank you for that email, Teresa. Thank you, Dorothy, for writing in. Who else has one they want to read? I have one. This comes from Pam in Clarence, New York. It said, hi, hi, my kids and I adore listening to your podcast, and I find we have similar opinions on a lot of things. This was especially apparent to me when you were discussing the coffee sludge situation on a recent show. I have suffered caffeine withdrawal headaches on previous cruises until I discovered the Cove Cafe and caved into buying coffee in the mornings. I just had an epiphany where I thought a French press in my suitcase for the February cruise, and then I heard Pete suggest the same thing. Here's my quandary. My husband insists that I can't do it, that somehow it's improper as if it will hurt Dis- Disney's feelings. I personally would have no qualms about sitting on deck with my bodum in the morning. It's not like I plan to take it into the restaurants. I feel like <clears throat> if they had a deck full of people preparing their own French press coffee, maybe Disney would get the hint that their coffee sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything wrong with this? As aside to Pete... From one coffee, coffee snob to another, the Technovorm Macaster coffee maker from Holland makes the most superb cup of coffee you've ever had. It's pricey and it looks like a science experiment, but it's definitely worth it. Well, I know um, Walter had bought me uh, some years ago a vacuum press. A vacuum called. press, which makes the most perfect cup of coffee I've ever tasted. It sounds similar to what she's talking um, about because it looks like a. But it is so delicate. And, I mean, and beautiful. It's a beautiful piece. Uh, it's so delicate, though. I'm petrified to use it. I'm petrified that I'm going to end up, uh, you know, breaking this thing. But uh, And don't worry about Disney's feelings. <laughs> I was just going to yeah. say, oh, no, poor Bob Iger with his $51 million. <laughs> You're hurting my feelings. This is the kind of thing people bring their own wine, people bring their own liquor, people bring their own... If you have something that you want to do, yeah, but you're not not, you bring your own wine, but it's uh, actually they don't let you. Sure, they do. Um, yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Disney's changed really? their policies, and you can bring your own. I, I don't want to. I don't want to give the whole procedure because I'm going to get it wrong. I don't have it in front of me. But as long as you follow Disney's procedures, you can bring your own. You can okay. no longer ship things right. to the ship. Okay. As long as you carry it on, you can't bring a hard sided cooler. Yeah, but wasn't there a time where they wouldn't allow you right. to bring liquor on the there ship? There was a time okay. when they took all liquor out. Now, you're going to pay f- a corkage fee in the restaurants. Which is just bogus. Right. So if you're going to have it in the restaurant. And it's ki- what's kind of neat about that is you can leave your bottle of wine that you bring yourself with your servers. And they'll remember to bring that every night to dinner. If it has to be chilled, they'll chill it for you. But yeah, you can bring your own stuff. And I certainly wouldn't worry about bringing your own French... Uh, French press. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. We're going to bring ours. Really? How about Honestly. food? Can you bring food on the ship? You don't there need are to. some very, very. Candy. I mean, you know, chocolate. You oh, yeah. Could. Of course. Okay. However, <laughs> you can't take it off the ship once right. it's been opened. Right. 
here's the deal. I don't have a problem with that. It'll be gone before. <laughs> There's so much food on the ship. There's so I much. You you'll never it. worry about having a chocolate fit or anything on the okay. ship. There's so much stuff available yeah. to you. Yeah. The idea is that you can't take any food off the ship because that's been opened because of um, agricultural problems. Right. They don't want you to bring anything. You're going to have to farm. sign felony forms that you're not mm-hmm. taking fruit and vegetables or anything open off the ship right. with you. Okay. But the a only, coffee press is not the same thing. No, no. it's not. Right. Now, um, we do things like Kevin's mom drinks Gatorade. That helps to uh, to bring her electrolytes back up. We brought that on the ship. So if you have something that's a medical necessity or something maybe your kids will only eat, I definitely recommend doing that. But don't the, worry about there not being enough food. They have chicken fingers. Grace is covered, so okay. don't worry about it. <laughs> And I found something in our regular supermarket, as far as the people who are talking about the French press, I found little individual pots of coffee. Now, I got John a single serving French press, a press pot. So I found one of those little, it's an individual pot of coffee. They're a buck. You buy an individual package. They come in different flavors. I don't. You're all looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Instead of buying a pound of coffee, this is enough coffee in a little pouch for one pot. Oh, oh you mean like the sample? Oh, I always I thought they were like about. sample packs. It's a one pot okay. serving of coffee. Right. I found that if I put that in a little plastic container, because in a French press where you're only making one cup, you only need like a teaspoon. Mm. So that's enough for a couple of days. Mm. Good idea. And that would be something that could be sealed as you got on the ship. But keep in mind that as you get off the ship, you're going to have to dispose of it. So what I'm trying to suggest to people is that you don't bring two pounds of coffee on the ship with you and find out that you have to now throw this throw away. away right. the, best, uh, the best deal I ever got on coffee, I just thought of this. We, uh, Walter and I had done a cruise, and one of the stops was Honduras. And got off the boat in Roatan, and they were selling Jamaica Blue, Jamaica Blue Mountain Coffee. It was $10 a pound. Now, for coffee snobs... You know that Jamaica Blue normally goes for anywhere from 40 to 50 a pound, mm. depending on where you're buying it. And at first I thought, there's no way, no way this is going to be real Jamaica Blue. It can't be, not at that price. So I only bought two pounds of it. And when I got home and actually made a putt, was kicking myself all over the house that I didn't buy as much of this as I could. We bought that in Jamaica. For six ninety nine a pound. For six ninety nine a pound. And I, we didn't think it was... We didn't like it as much as we like Dunkin' Donuts coffee. <laughs> um, Jamaica Blue is my second favorite. Kona. Kona, Hawaiian, Hawaiian Kona. The real stuff, not the blend. That's my favorite. There is a place in Hunter's Creek called Badass Coffee. And the man is from uh, Hawaii and has real Kona coffee. And That's... you can get a cup there of the real brewed stuff, not the blend. It's expensive, yeah. though. Yeah, it's worth every penny. It's an amazing cup of coffee. Um, there's also an Ethiopian Sumatra that's not too bad, but um, I would say Hawaiian Kona first, Jamaican Blue second. But uh, I, I, I don't mind. I don't mind telling you though that uh, barring having that in the house, which I don't keep very often, eight o'clock coffee is what I drink. And I, people may like their eyes may bug out of their head. I got to tell you, it makes an amazing, ama- if you measure it right. It makes an amazing cup of coffee. Because my mother made it uh, one night. And, and, and so, you know, and sometimes mom would always buy whatever was cheapest. So, Saverin and chock full of nuts and, like, all this awful, 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 awful coffee that was, like, mostly, like, sawdust. 
So you never knew what you were getting at mom's house when she made a pot of coffee. And she made this coffee one night. And I'm like, wow, this is really good. What, what coffee is this? It's 8 o'clock coffee. I've been drinking it ever since. Mm. Been drinking it ever since. I just remember having that as a kid. And it always came in that 40-gallon metal tin. Oh, no, no. See, I remember it as a kid. And it was always the one that you had to put through the machine yourself. Yeah. 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 That was always my favorite thing to do. At A&P. <laughs> At A&P. <laughs> That's my favorite thing yes. to do. Well, I tell you, see, that was that was my memory of it too, because you know, whenever we'd go grocery shopping, that was the first place my father went was over to the uh, uh, eight o'clock coffee and put it in the machine. I always went with him and always remembered that smell. When I was a kid; I hated the smell, but um, it really is. It's it's a great it's a great cup of coffee. If you don't want to spend the money on Kona or Jamaican Blue, you can usually find it on sale about five six dollars a pound. And it's a very very good coffee, so. All right. Well, thanks for the coffee talk, Walter. Okay. <laughs> it's coffee talk. Talk amongst <laughs> yourselves. Um, our next voicemail comes to us from Don um, in San Francisco. SF Bay Don on the boards. And he has a question for Walter. Well, actually, Walter and Will, but Will's not here. So here is Don. Greetings, all. This is Don in San Jose, California, known as SF Bay Don on the boards. I have a question for Walter and Will. I'm traveling to Disney World in late January with someone that enjoys time at Disney, but is also not the full-blown Commando Disney fan that I am. I believe he's a little bit more like the two of you. You seem to enjoy it, but you don't live for it. What do you suggest that we do that might balance out my Commando-style approach to visiting Disney World? What I'm looking for is just another perspective on our visit. Second, for those of you that are the bigger Disney fans, what areas of the property are convention-related? Usually near these convention areas, the prices are inflated because the people will pay whatever it takes on their company account. Thanks for all that you do, and I look forward to your answers. Don. Oh, well, thank you very much for calling in, Don. Uh, let me just answer the convention question first, and then we'll talk to Walter a little bit about the non-commando-style approach to Disney. Um, Disney, for the most part, is pretty good. Uh, Disney-owned hotels are pretty good about... The prices in their convention hotels being pretty similar to the prices everywhere else. Uh, the only exception to that that I can think of off the top of my head is the Rick's Lounge over at uh, Coronado Springs. I understand that is a very, very pricey lounge, far pricier than it ought to be. Uh, the Swan and Dolphin, while I love the Swan and Dolphin dearly, I will tell you that especially where Blue Zoo and Il Molino is concerned. I think the prices there are ridiculously overinflated. And, and that Shula's. is. And Shula's to a point. Um, you know, I go to a, a. There's a great steakhouse here in, in downtown Orlando, Linda's, that I, Walter and I really enjoy. And we pay about the same at Linda's that we pay at Shula's. So I don't know that I would say Shula's is overinflated by steakhouse prices, by steakhouse standards, but. I definitely will say the Blue Zoo and Il Molino. Il Molino in particular, I thought was egregious. Yeah, Il Molino's bad. In the uh, pricing. The one thing about Blue Zoo, though, is I agree. Crazy, crazy prices. However, there are uh, choices there that I've never seen anywhere else. Like okay. they have a fresh fish platter, an appetizer, that was killer. Again, stupidly expensive. So I think that's what... Blue Zoo has going for it is it's very very unique 
choices. But again, I do definitely think you're right. It's like this isn't a convention hotel, so we can charge them anything we want. That also has a star name attached to it. Right. That's Todd English in yeah. Bluzo. Yeah. Right. And so I, I would say I would I would say those spots in particular to watch out for. But in terms of the rest of Disney property, because you have convention centers at uh, at virtually every ho- all the major hotels, the Contemporary, the Yacht and Beach, the Boardwalk, uh, Coronado Springs, Grand Floridian. Um, I think those are the big ones, and I may be missing one, but generally that's that's the list, and. Uh, I, I don't think you're going to find that anything is more expensive. I mean, dinner at, at the Grand Floridian is in, on par with you know dinner at the, the other high-end restaurants on property. So I don't think you you find the particularly overinflated there. But uh, so Disney Disney owned properties are pretty good. Uh, the Swan Dolphin, I, I'd say, be be careful there. That's where it tends to get a little more pricey for the convention crowd. Now. I agree. On to your question about uh, non non commando style. I mean, this has been Walter's been Walter's been dragged kicking and screaming into the whole Disney experience. He's come <laughs> to appreciate it over the years. Right. In the beginning, I think I'd say the first what the first two or three years we were together, he just wanted no part of it. He was just you know he would attend functions when I had to attend a function, and that was fine. But you you still this this week when we go to uh, Hollywood Studios, other than going for Toy Story Mania, Toy Story Mania was your first time stepping foot in Hollywood Studios. I went one time when Sharon was here. We rode um, Tower of Terror the first time I ever did that, and I had no desire to do it, but everyone else was, so I, I, I did that. Um, but yeah, it was the second time I went to Hollywood Studios. So what uh, what's what, what's your take on? You know, how do you deal? How do you, how do you deal with going to a theme park with a commando? Oh, I say I thought I misunderstood what he was asking. I didn't know that's what he wanted. Um, how to go to the parks? Not non-commando, because when we go, we never do commando. Well, no, I don't do commando anymore. But I think if you have people that are non-Disney fans and you want to do certain things that they may enjoy, um, I always have a good time at all the pools. They always have hot tubs. The time we we went fishing was one of the most. The most fun I've had in a long time. That was that was yeah, really you great. Really enjoyed that. So if you had a non-Disney fan, there's things to do on Disney that you can still be very enjoyable. Um, renting the boats, the pontoon boat. If you had a family, because we all went out. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things you can do in the park, but outside of the park, there's a lot of sort of simple things you can do that are a lot of fun. And also keeping. I'm sorry, John. Go ahead. I say I think Disney is an overall experience. You can have both ends of the spectrum. Where you have the people go nuts and everything has to be Disney related, and I want to see Mickey. But you can also do the things that are a little bit more sedate and out of the way. If the person's a golfer or they want to go horseback riding, as they also the other thing too, Don is. I mean, I'm sure you know this person pretty well. You know what are their likes and dislikes, and steer them in that direction. You yeah, know? there are spas. Well, yeah, exactly. go online and see what Disney offers because you know before we did that, I had no idea they had uh, fishing excursions. Yeah, I didn't know that was something they had, and it turned out to be a lot of fun. So if you go on their website, there's a lot of uh, different excursions they offer. Maybe one of the guided tours where they get to see some of the workings of how the park works. I was just going to, uh, I was just going to suggest that that anybody, uh, whether Disney fan or not, can appreciate. I think what goes into making Disney World work. I think that it's it's just fascinating in and of itself. It's to fascinating. experience. If they're a gardener, the behind the scenes tour. 
at the land at Epcot, that's an hour, hour and a half tour, and it's like 15 bucks. So it's one of those things that it's not a whole day commitment. But it would depend on what their special interests were. I even think you can go, you don't even have to spend extra money. If they're not a ride person, but they're a show person, there's tons of great shows on Disney property you can take them to. But also keep in mind, too, that, you know, um, especially the, the, the bigger attractions, the bigger Disney attractions, you know, you don't have to be a Disney fan to enjoy Space Mountain. You don't have to be right. a Disney fan right. to enjoy Big Thunder Mountain. You don't even have to be a Disney fan to enjoy Pirates of the Caribbean. Or Soarin'. Or Soarin'. I mean, there are these attractions stand on their own. They would be great attractions even if they weren't at Disney World. And I don't think they are, you know, that, that being a quote-unquote Disney fan makes these attractions more appealing. I think they make Disney fans because the attractions are so appealing. That, you know, people experience this stuff. And, you know, that's how Walter has kind of started getting... I mean, Walter's nowhere near to being into it. Um, he always will have that detached perspective um, from, uh, from, from, from the way I am with Disney. I mean, Walter, you know... Sometimes looks at me like um like I'm insane with the amount of, uh, you know the the lengths I'll go to uh, where Disney is concerned. But um, I remember when we first bought the house, he was like, "Okay, you're yeah. not putting Disney crap all over the walls." <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, so it's 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 always it, there's always a uh, a compromise there. But there's plenty there. I mean, I, I wouldn't suggest making you sit through It's a Small World. There's a couple of different books out that I don't know that are, they'd even be available at Disney World. You'd have to look for them. There's a special book on the architecture of Disney World, and there's another uh, great book on the gardens at Disney World. So if somebody's interested in either of those things, maybe a gift of one of those books. I, they're kind of expensive art books kind of things, but something like that would increase his appreciation well how about too because when people come down to visit me and i'm not into a lot of the rides but i want to talk to the person a lot of the rides have like the chicken exits you know maybe they could just accompany their friend through the line and just you know spend some quality time together and then when they went to ride rock and roller coaster or whatever they could go you know wait outside or do whatever but it wouldn't be like they were sitting outside waiting for their friend to come out they could like see the rides but not have to do the right. Some of the best examples of Disney Imagineering are the queues, mm-hmm. what they do in the queue lines. So absolutely bail out at the last minute. Epcot's a lot of fun and not, you know, like dripping with Disney. But when you go to all the different countries, there's a lot to do, um, whether you're a Disney fan or not. I noticed Good that point, when yeah. I was there yesterday. I saw things in Epcot I never saw before. Mm-hmm. I think Don just has to find a better class of friends. <laughs> <laughs> Pick somebody else to go with. Yeah, really. So I hope that answers your question, Don. Thanks very much for calling in. Who has a, an email they'd like to read? I do. But Kevin? before I read my email, I just have to say that we've touched on a subject that's deeper than I thought. And that is the use of ECVs in the park. And I apologize to those of you who are already on board. Really, quite a bit. Yeah. really struck a chord. I cannot tell you the number of emails that I've received and the private messages that I've received. And I kind of feel like I'm preaching to the choir because those people who are listening to our podcast, I think, get it. What I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you that when you go forth in the park and you see someone giving someone in a wheelchair a dirty look or making a comment that you let it be known that this is not as easy as they think. 
I am getting emails from people who are just overjoyed that someone has given a voice to the fact that this is not an easy road to take. No one is riding that ECV for fun. And I've had some rather heated discussions, and I've sort of jumped all over people who probably didn't need to be jumped all over. And I've apologized to those people personally. But I've gotten I've got an email here from a gentleman who says, you don't understand how nice it is to hear that someone else understands. He took his parents to the park, and while it made it easier for them to see the park, it made it more difficult for them to see the park. So he said it's a double-edged sword to anyone who needs it. And I just have to say to those of you out there who I haven't reached, please understand that no one is doing this for fun. And I can't tell you the number of people who have told me, well, I saw some foreign tourists using a wheelchair who obviously didn't need her. I saw some kids using a wheelchair. Please understand that they're the idiots of the world. That you have to assume that the vast majority of people who are in a wheelchair or in an ECV are there because they need to be there and not for the enjoyment factor. Just assume that and move on. You're the bigger person for assuming it. Just move on. Because of the fact that a couple of people do it, it doesn't make it okay to... Paint everybody with that brush. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you a perfect example. One of the people who private messaged me, and I'm not going to tell you who it is, told me that she went, in my words, carnival ape crazy, that there was somebody standing for a, a bus. And because the person who was at the front of the abled line had been in line longer than the person who was at the front of the disabled line, they went crazy. Now, and I apologize, this is not, I'm not trying to be funny here. The person who was at the head of the assistance line was a multiple amputee and the person standing there what got screaming about the fact that i've been here waiting here longer and made the cast member say ma'am it's florida law that i hire uh, board the people who need assistance first i understand that it takes time to strap those wheelchairs down please understand that not every wheelchair is cut from the same cloth not every ecv is made exactly the same so when a cast member takes a couple of extra minutes to strap that down it's because they're not all the same it's also because those straps don't lay down in the perfect order they have to be untangled every time they're used and i can't believe that i have to explain this to you i was just going to say you know what these people do not deserve to get an explanation they deserve to be told they're idiots shut the hell up and just go somewhere else. If you've got a problem with this, go somewhere else. This is bigger than I thought. I thought it was just me. I thought I was being the crab because as I push my mom through the park, I actually have people who jump. Now, there are two mm-hmm. legs that stick out. I had a woman the last time I was in the park jump between those two legs to try and beat her across the walkway. Oh, and all she did was get to the other side ahead of me. And I think to myself, ma'am, I, I'm... A capable adult, and you don't understand how close you came to hurting yourself or hurting the person in the wheelchair for you to get a nanosecond ahead of where you were. And I think to myself, I can't believe that I would have to tell you that. Your parents didn't tell you not to walk in front of a moving vehicle? (laughs) So I've seen it. I've seen it too. You know, whenever whenever we have my mother in the park. Because of her back. I mean, my mother is mobile. I mean, she gets around fine. But it's, you know, as I said last week, that, you know, Disney is a Disney can be a challenge for healthy people doing that much walking. 
and especially for my mom, um, when she's walking that much, it really starts to affect her. So we always have a wheelchair with us. Sometimes she chooses to walk, and when she needs the wheelchair, she sits in the wheelchair. Um, but we get the looks and the people jumping in front of uh, I, that. It just and you know what? When I'm when I'm pushing, when I'm pushing, it, you jump in front, you're getting clipped. I'm not going to stop short for you. I was surprised um, how quick, how little it takes. And then, like you said, people won't get out of your way. They stand there staring at you. They walk in front of you. You have to watch out so you don't, you're not clipping them. They're just incredibly rude. And you're like, I, I was amazed at how rude people were. The other thing is you really have to kind of be gentle. The person pushing the wheelchair is not looking at anything other than the road. They are If they're being safe... They're driving. Right. So you have to say to yourself, are these people getting a chance to enjoy the park? Am I going out of my way to make it more difficult for them? So, And I'm not asking you to think in, 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 another, in another person's head, but you kind of have to say to yourself, you know what? I'm lucky that I don't need this. Right. The most poignant email I received was from a woman who told me that someone accused her son of being in a wheelchair so he could go to the front of the line and she wrote in her email that I would gladly go to the end of any line anywhere in the world if he could walk through the line by himself I think that speaks volumes see now if that if that were me I think I would get physical with somebody if if I, I, I just I think it w- I wouldn't be able to control myself. These are the same people who bitch on our boards about the fact that Disney is renting strollers to old people with older children. I, they, they talk about older kids in wheelchair or in strollers that don't need to be in strollers. And I think to myself, as long as you don't have to pay for the stroller, as long as you don't have to push the stroller. Shut up. What, whose business is it? Business. None of your exactly. business. Move on. So I'm going to let this go for a while, but I want you to know that this is bigger and deeper and stronger emotionally than I think most people are giving it credit for. There's been a huge wave of information coming towards me that the people who are pushing the wheelchairs and riding in the wheelchairs and the scooters, their feelings are being hurt and they're feeling humiliated and bad and in the way. And I have to say to you, I I want to say to people, if you're going to Disney World, you're going there because it's a happy place. If your actions are making someone else feel that way, I don't know how you can get up in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you look in the mirror? All right. Different topic. My email is from Jonathan in Tampa. And Jonathan says, I love Kevin's Cheap Eats segment. We have Tijuana Flats, Payway, or Payway, and five guys here in Tampa as well, and we absolutely love them all. Fabulous food at great prices. But I have a question regarding Tijuana Flats and Payway. Should you tip? Both Tijuana Flats and Payway are somewhere between fast food and casual dining. You place your order at a counter, but they have people that bring your food to the table. Payway feels fancier, most because of the decor, but you still get your own drink. I'm st- I've started tipping at Payway, but mostly the guy that brings our food is particularly f- is practically family by now. We go a lot. Payway uh, is a or Payway Wednesday is a tradition. Just wanted to see what your thoughts are. Thanks for everything that you all do, um, Jonathan. I'm going to tell you that what happens is 
if I go to one of those places where you go to the counter and order your food, and then you sit down and you get your cup and you get to get up and down, as long as someone carries me my food, I figure a buck or a buck or two bucks per person at the end of the meal is a gratuity. I don't do 15% on the tip, but I do leave a couple of dollars. I figure they, somebody had to bring me my food, and usually what happens is they'll let you know that if you want anything else. Now, like when we go to Tijuana Flats, even though you're given a cup of soda, the girl gets you your soda. At Payway, they'll get you things if you need more of anything. And I've had them say to me at Payway, would you like a refill on your soda and go over and fill my soda for me? So, yeah, my feeling is if you're sitting down and someone's doing something for you, a buck or two is a, is a good tip. Won't kill you. Right. So, I again, here I feel like err on the side of being generous. Leave a buck or two. But, no, I don't think you need to leave 15% like you would in another dining establishment. Unless you're me and then you're psychotic about leaving tips. Comes from being a waiter. But, all right, well, thank you for that, Kevin. Our next voicemail comes to us from Tara who has questions about uh, Disney Vacation Club and the Timeshare Store. And so here is Tara. Hi, podcast crew. It's Tara, TSWJAN78 on the board. My question is actually in regards to a little bit about DVC and a little bit about the Timeshare Store. With all the talk about the great work that the Timeshare Store did to help with the Mouse Fest meet, or the Toy Story Mania meet, um, I've been on their website quite a bit. And my question actually is kind of twofold or threefold, should I say. The first one is, is there, I know you said that there was no difference between buying from the Timeshare store or buying from um, Disney directly. So, but I did see that you that Disney had the right of first refusal, and I'm just not sure if I, they utilize that very often with the prices being much lower than buying directly from Disney. My second question is, with DVC itself, if I were to buy, say, at Vero Beach, and have 150 points. It would be a lot less than buying at, say, Animal Kingdom Lodge. But I know I could use those points at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. So what's the benefit of buying at, say, Animal Kingdom Lodge versus buying at Vero Beach? And my third question is about Vero Beach and Hilton Head. Um, Don't hear much about them. Can you tell me a little bit about them? Um, Have any of you visited them? Are they, they seem like nice places to visit for families that are looking for uh, something a little quieter than the parks or maybe in addition to the parks. but any feedback on them, any reviews, anything along those lines? Maybe we want to send Kathy and the family up to Vero Beach or over to Hilton Head. Um, so those are my questions. Hopefully you can you can come up with some sort of answers for me. Thanks for your help. All right. Well, thank you for that, Tara. I appreciate you calling in. Um, first, your question about uh, Disney's right of first refusal. Uh, I might be wrong on this, but I am pretty sure that if you're seeing the property listed on uh, the Timeshare Store website, uh, Disney has already passed on their right of first refusal. That is not correct. No? Nope. Uh, Right of first refusal actually takes place at the time of contract. Um, For people who don't know, right of first refusal is Disney's um, ability to purchase a contract that's in resale even though you've contracted with somebody else, if you go into a contract with somebody and Disney decides these points are being sold too cheaply, they have the right to come in and purchase that contract and take at that price in okay. order to keep the points in their own system and then sort of keep the value uh, as to what they should be. They don't want anybody to undersell the price of their points. Um, 
right of first refusal, like I said, takes place at the point that the contract has been written. So you can put into the timeshare store uh, an offer, and someone could accept your offer, and it could be too low, and Disney at that point can take it. Right, okay. So That makes more sense. Right. Um, as far as how often does Disney do it, there's a really good thread on the DVC board where people talk about right of first refusal and who's been through it. My experience is that it happens very infrequently. Yeah, it's not very often. Someone's really got to be cutting the price in order for Disney to sweep in and buy those points back. And I'll tell you, Tom uh, Tom Yeary does a very good job. knows, I think, quite well where these need to be priced in order to sell them without Disney exercising their right of first refusal. Uh, and, uh, I mean, these you know, going through the timeshare store is always cheaper than buying uh, direct through Disney, but Disney will always limit just how cheap that's going to be. They're not going to let somebody sell the points for $40 a point. Right. And like you said, to, to just back up what you said, Tom will work with you, and if you want to put in a bid to somebody, you know, he won't stop you from putting in that bid, but he'll tell you, listen, this is really low. Either uh, that person won't accept it or Disney won't, won't let it go through right of first refusal. So don't bid that low. So he'll work with you. His team will work with you on what you should offer or what you shouldn't offer. Now, as far as buying at Vero Beach uh, and that being cheaper than buying at Animal Kingdom Lodge, for, in your example, uh, yes, that's absolutely true. It is cheaper to buy your points at Vero Beach. And, yes, those points can, can be used at any Disney Vacation Club resort. The difference being that uh, at your home resort, which in this case would be Vero Beach, you can book up to 11 months out. Whereas if you're booking at a resort that's not your home resort, like Animal Kingdom Lodge, what is it, six seven, months, seven, seven months. months? It's a seven-month window. Now, that you know, depending on the times of year you like to travel, that may not be a big deal. If you like to travel during times that are historically slower. Let's say, you know, you're traveling in January or you're traveling in September, you know, times like that, then that difference between an 11-month booking window and a 7-month booking window won't matter. If you like to travel over Christmas, that's going to make all the difference in the world because those points, as soon as, you know, as soon as those points are available for rent at the 11-month mark, the people who own at that resort are going to book them right away. So you're not going to have the opportunity to get some of the prime weeks or the prime time uh, bookings that uh, you might want. So that would be the the only difference. There's Other than that, there's really no difference whatsoever in those points. Don't your points go a little further at your home resort? No. That's, no. The, the resort itself could be pricier. Like, for example, we saw the Bay Lake Towers, the, the costs for, let's say, a room – in the midweek, at the same time frame, is a little bit There's more. There's no discount when you book your own your home no, resort. No, that's not. no. Um, the, the other point's a point, right? The other difference is um, each resort is each DVC resort has their own dues, and dues is the money you pay every year to maintain the resort and keep it going, and every member has to pay dues, and the dues is paid based on the point value. So. Um, I'm going to not, I can't give you exact numbers. I don't know off the top of my head, but I do know that Vero Beach and Hilton have, have the most expensive dues per point, where Old Key West is something like $4 a point per year. I believe Vero Beach is maybe $6. There's a really good thread on the boards that uh, Doc, Webmaster Doc, put together, and he actually put a little chart. I'm sorry, I'm 
emphasizing here. He's put together a really nice chart which lists all of the dues and actually shows the dues every year and how they've gone up and gone down. It's actually fascinating, but you can see Vero Beach and Hilton Head are the most expensive dues. That's because they're also beachfront properties. Beachfront properties, they take a lot more to maintain them and and, keep, and have an upkeep to them as well. Um, as far as staying at those properties, Kevin and I have stayed at Vero Beach. Beautiful property. It is gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous property. I, it's definitely a different experience than staying at the resort. Vero Beach is a upscale but quiet beach town. And staying at the Disney's Vero Beach Resort is like staying at a luxury hotel. The difference being that they have, for instance, they have campfires where they make s'mores. They have, uh, there are Disney activities. Uh, There are more things for your kids to do. There are story times. You'll see Disney paraphernalia throughout the hotel. It's it's like staying at a Disney resort at Disney World without being at Disney World. You get that kind of luxury service and those kind of amenities, but you're at a beach resort. I will say this. Vero Beach has the best Grand Villa. Now, the Grand Villa is the largest accommodations uh, that you can get in a Disney vacation club. And it's kind of like having a house. It's multiple bedrooms and there's a full kitchen and everything. Yeah, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. Vero Beaches are standalone units actually on the bluff. Oh, that's right. They're incredible. The whole They're two stories, aren't they're they? They're two yeah. stories and the whole top story is all glass. So you can see and they all wow. face the ocean. The best best did, grand villas I've did ever we seen. stay in one of those? I think we saw the tour of one. We went on a tour. Okay. I've never stayed in one. I've, I've been on the tour too. I think I joined the around the world tour. We actually Back met a gentleman who worked there who has started on opening day. Remember, he started on opening day at Walt Disney World. I was fascinated with him. I was more fascinated with him than I was with the tour of the resort. <laughs> he kind of just looked at me with this leave me alone now look. <laughs> um, but I've never been to Hilton Head. I've never seen that resort. I understand that's gorgeous as well. I assume it's you know very Disney in that they do a very good job of keeping it up. So... That's the best answer I can give on that. Me too. So, well, I hope that uh, that answers your question, uh, Tara. And, uh, you know, I, I you've heard me say it a million times before. Um, I've got nothing bad to say about DVC. I think it's an awesome program. I think if you use it, it's an incredibly good value. I think uh, standard basic rule of thumb is if you're going to come down here twice a year, um, it makes sense. If you want to travel down here twice a year, it makes sense. And it's a great hedge against inflation uh, in terms of the price of resorts because the value of those points that you buy today doesn't change. I would not suggest buying Vero Beach if you're planning on staying at the beach and driving to Disney World. No, I think she's planning on buying the points so she can get and, a break in the price and oh, use them. Because that's kind of far. Yeah, yeah no, that's a that's a drive. No, I think she wants to buy the points at Vero Beach so she can use them at Animal Kingdom Lodge, which, like I said, is not necessarily a bad strategy uh, as long as you're, uh, generally speaking, traveling dur- tor- during slower time periods where there's not such a big demand for the rooms. But good luck to you, and hope that works out. And who else has one? I have one. Kathy. My name is Kayla from Anderson, South Carolina. Hi, Kayla. I am nine years old. 
My dad makes us listen to your podcast in the car. Yes. <laughs> us parents like to torture our kids sometimes. My dad took my brother and me to Mouse Fest. We saw your table at the Mega Mouse meet, but it was crowded. My question is about the American Idol experience. My dad thinks I'm too young to audition. What is the age limit to try out to be in the show? Well, the age limit is 14, so you've got five years to practice. And hopefully it'll still be there in five years. Yeah, that's that's questionable right now. And if you go on, for anybody else, if you go on the uh, Disney website and type in American Idol Experience, it'll bring you up the page of what all the rules and regulations. And if you want to sign up there to um, take one of the audition times, you can do that. But thanks for your email, Kayla. Cool. Thank you for that, Kathy. Thank you, Kayla, for writing in. Our next voicemail comes to us from Lee Malaby in the U.K., has some questions regarding vegetarian options at Walt Disney World and a few other questions. So here is Lee. Hiya, Pete, Julie, Corey, Kevin, John, Teresa, Kathy, Will, Walter, and not forgetting Little Ferris, and of course, Bob in spirit. Hiya, my name's Lee. I'm calling from the UK. i just got a couple of questions on our upcoming trip to Orlando when we're coming over to go and watch the Orlando Ballet. Oh, sorry, oh, I've got that wrong. Um, sorry. Three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> about our He's a smart Alex. Trip over to Orlando when we're coming over specifically to, to indulge in our one passion, um, and that's to go and see the Orlando Magic. No, it's not. <laughs> Sorry. Three, two, one. Sorry, guys, I'm really kidding. Um, I've just got a couple of questions, really, about our trip over. We, we're traveling out um, on Halloween. It'll be me. Um, my wife Tracy and, and our two kids Raymond who will be 10 and Jade who will be 5 uh, first question is really aimed at, at Kevin um, I've just been listening to um, the Christmas Eve show about the, the burgers and, and things uh, and one of the questions was is you know we probably catch a lot of quick food around the parks when we're over there you know the counter service type of thing and it's usually burgers or chicken fingers or things like that um, now Tracy she's not um, she's not strictly vegetarian but she doesn't eat a lot of meat purely because you know she just doesn't like it so I was just wondering if, if me and the kids wanted to grab a burger or something if there was any sort of vegetarian options for, for Tracy to have uh, the second question is to all of you really um, as I said the, the kids will be 10 and 5 um, and we're looking at it's it's a Disney question for the the fast pass thing. Obviously, Jade um, won't be tall enough to go on some of the bigger rides, um, such as like rock and roller coasters. The idea was that while Tracy looked after Jade, me and Raymond would go on rock and roller coaster, and then when we came off, Tracy and Raymond would go on. Um, now, the thing we were looking at is how would you suggest would be the best way to use the fast passes? Obviously, would could we use? Um, if me, Raymond and Tracy all got our fast passes um, and then used Jade tickets to get, Jade's ticket to get one or um, I've read on some of the forums about uh, and but not being able to find enough information about um, a child swap fast pass and basically what I, what I sort of gleaned from, from being on the boards was um, you would get your fast passes as normal get into the um, the queue and, and go to a cast member who would then swap your fast pass tickets for a, a child swap fast pass, which means you'd be able to go all three, like all four of us, to the into the fast pass line. Me and Raymond go on. Then 
while Tracy looks after Jade at the front of the queue, then rather than her having to queue, to queue again, her and Rim go on while I look after Jade. I just wanted to know if you had any thoughts, uh, or if anyone had heard of that, or whether it's just something that used to be and they've got rid of, or whatever. Um, but any thoughts, much appreciated. Just like to say, thanks for all the work you do. It's really helping our planning. I look forward to it every week. Um, so just, I don't post on the boards as, as much as I'd like to. In fact, I hardly ever go on. I'm more of a, a listener than a, than a poster. Uh, Corey will know me. Um, I've spoke to him on Facebook quite a bit. Um, but just like to say, you know, keep up the good work and and thanks very much. Well, thank you very much for uh, calling in, Lee. It's uh I, I, I'm telling you, I could listen to those people talk it was for like hours. Paul McCartney or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could listen to the Brits talk. I could listen to these people read the phone book. I just Did you hear him say my name. How do you say? Teresa. Teresa. Okay. I love it. Um, She's blushing. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'll let uh, Kevin answer about the vegetarian options, but um, I can tell you, uh, as far as I know. Uh, the strategy for child swap with a fast pass is, as you said, uh, everybody gets a fast pass as normal. You get four fast passes for everybody. Get into the fast pass line, and when you get up to the uh, to the attraction, you tell them you're going to do a child swap, and they arrange it. There's no, um, you know, there's there's no there should not be an issue with that. Um, that it's done all the time. That you're not uh, you're not. Uh, Obviously, not precluded from using fast pass because you wanted to do a child swap. You can do it on non fast pass rides also, yeah, as long you, as you right. wait in the queue. Exactly. Yeah, it's child swap is child swap is child swap. Fast pass line, non fast pass line. Um, you just need to let the cast member know in either in either event that you're intending to do a fast pass or a child swap, and they'll take it from there. So you should have no trouble at all. Uh, with that now, as far as the vegetarian options, Kevin, can I go back to fast pass for a second sure. before we go into vegetarian. Uh, if you don't want Jade to have to go in the line, Jed. and then what was his name? Jed. I thought he said no, Jade. I thought it was Jade. I thought it was Jed, but whatever. I thought it was Jed. If you don't want child number two, <laughs> the small one, <laughs> to have to be in the queue and then wait and all that stuff, keep in mind that your fast pass is good from that point forward. Um, so if you guys want to go and do the do the ride and then have Jade and your wife go do something else and then come back and do the ride again later, that's an option as well. Because he might want to go and experience something else and not just stand in lines all day and not be able to go on rides. It might be a little frustrating for him. He yeah. might get a little you mean chance. <laughs> go ahead with your thing. Lee, there are... Vegetarian options everywhere. There's salads. Um, I don't know if chicken is an option. Almost every place has a chicken entree. That's not vegetarian. I said I don't know if chicken's an option. I've lost my train of thought. There, <laughs> see, at counter service restaurants, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, they almost always have a, a salad, salad or... Some kind of healthy option. So most of them will have. Uh, some of them have a veggie burger. Right. You're gonna um, at things like I find at Hollywood Studios. I find Hollywood Studios unless you're eating at the Brown Derby. I find food options there to be limited. I I, um, I understand that there's a sci-fi drive-in and 
There's the 50s Primetime Cafe in Hollywood and Vine. I understand that they're there, but I find that the food options for us aren't as great, and especially for fast food. You shouldn't have any problem at the Magic Kingdom or at Epcot or at Animal Kingdom. Epcot's going to give you your widest variety. I know um, Morocco has vegetarian entrees. I believe that... China has vegetarian entrees at their fast food places. I'm not talking at all about the quality. I'm not giving you reviews of these places. I'm just telling you that you're going to be able to find some vegetarian choices at different places. I I think when she runs into it, a salad might be her only option. And I would talk to a cast member. I think you will do far better at sit-down restaurants because if there's not something on the menu, and there usually is a vegetarian entree, I would ask if another entree could be made vegetarian, like if something included chicken or fish and you didn't want it. You might be able to substitute out and order a a vegetable plate or something like that. Or you can find one of those uh, places that has a fixin' bar and just let her graze. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Her and Jade. (laughs) I don't understand the whole vegetarian thing either. If it doesn't move, you're not interested. Exactly. <laughs> if it doesn't have eyelash, eyelashes, I don't want to eat it. Uh, well, Lee, I hope that... Uh... <laughs> we were actually out to dinner one night and someone said to us, I don't eat anything with eyelashes. <laughs> That's where that came from. <laughs> she actually said, I don't eat anything with eyelashes or that poops. <laughs> Brought dinner to a screaming halt. Because <laughs> your mind starts to race and you think, yeah, it does. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Lee. I appreciate it. Who else has an email they'd like to read? I have one. Mine's from James, and James is in Alabama. Hi, podcast team. A question I would like to know is, are they... Walt Disney World, doing anything to celebrate Disney's Hollywood Studios 20th anniversary. I know in the past they've skipped right over the Magic Kingdom's 35th, and I just figured that since the theme this year is what will you celebrate, it would seem wrong if they didn't even celebrate their 20th anniversary of the studios. Um, James, this is a pet peeve of ours. These quote-unquote global celebrations seem to have taken away the individual celebrations. I know of nothing that they're going to do to celebrate Disney Hollywood Studios anniversary. What is wrong with them? Now, the last time they did this, um, I apologize. It's completely lost on me. I can't remember that young man's name. But the young man from... WDW Celebrations. Mm-hmm. Right. Created his own Epcot celebration. And they, you might find something at WDWCelebrations.com and they do their own... Uh, put together their own things and they they do a really good job they get imagineers to talk and stuff like that i mean there might be some small celebration the day of at hollywood studios that's what they originally had planned for epcot a small little thing but nothing that they would advertise or make a fuss over you might find uh one pin they did that for the 35th anniversary magic kingdom they made a pin and i think they even had a shirt but nothing big. And I think especially true because of this What Will You Celebrate promotion, you're going to see a lot less of these individual promotions. I had a hard time when they didn't acknowledge the 35th anniversary of Disney World or the Magic, Magic Kingdom. Kingdom. And I also wanted to read this, too, because I know uh, Teresa, her birthday was yesterday. and she Teresa. Went, Teresa. Teresa. Yes, call me that from now. <laughs> <laughs> she went to do the uh, 
uh, happy birthday thing. It was her birthday, and she went and got something for her birthday. What'd you get? I got the birthday fun card. Ooh. Isn't it pretty? It's actually very nice. It is nice. Let me see. She's doing the oh, whole Carol Merrill thing. It's it's the size and shape of a key to the world card or a gift card, and it's actually made up just and says happy it's birthday. It's birthday fun card. Now, have you used, this is the uh, one of the options. You have three options. Mm-hmm. You can take a one-day park pass. You can do the par- the the fast pass, the special birthday fast pass, or you can do the gift card. So tell us about uh, what was the process of getting the card. Well, um, I got it at the Magic Kingdom, and I, when I walked in, I asked the cast member um, where I go to get it, because I, I thought you want to go over to Will Call where you buy your tickets. But they have actually a little area set up just for this purpose. It's like a little tiny building sitting all by itself, and there's nobody in line but people who are having a birthday. And there's a lot of people. That was kind of was cool. You walk up and I realized all these people in line have the same birthday I have. Now, did you, know. you do the thing where you signed up in advance? I did. I did sign up ahead of time. Had my little um, little card that I printed out that had a, a barcode on it. And um, he just asked me what I wanted. I had my uh, yearly pass with me and showed him that I already had that. I told him what I wanted. It only took about two minutes maybe. I had my card in hand, and I was off. Did you spend anything yet? I did. I bought Stella a new shirt. Now, <laughs> they say you have to use it all that day. So. No. I, I asked that. I made sure I asked that. Because, and I wanted to, And before I purchased anything, I asked, because um, I went to Mouse Scare at Epcot is where I ended up using it. And she said, sure, we take him. You got it. That's the Magic Kingdom and went shopping in Epcot? I went to Epcot for lunch. I was by myself. I thought, well, I'm going to go somewhere where the kids don't want to go and so I just, <laughs> and you couldn't spend seventy five dollars. No, I just, I was just happy wow. to be out alone. <laughs> she, went to, she, she went to the Magic Kingdom to get it before going to Epcot. No, I, I went to the Magic Kingdom, and then I, I rode the Transit Authority about six times, you know, around, <laughs> got my fix. <laughs> Can I stay on? <laughs> I, had a, I, had a, I had a whole car to myself. Wow. My birthday gift card. I'm doing, a, I'm doing a child's it's my birthday. birthday. <laughs> She's, I'm doing a child swap. I'm looking for a better one. <laughs> but no, Do you then, have one that's tall enough to ride rides? <laughs> <laughs> but no, then I went to Epcot. And, oh, and I rode the front of the monorail, the, the monorail but all in the front by myself. Wow. Some, that's a good idea. Did anyone your, tell you about that? I had, what, we had done it with <laughs> Stella, <laughs> but I had never done it. So I got to sit there by myself with a really odd Did you just go and ask, can I sit up front? Uh-huh. Okay. Did you get the birthday yeah, you for the day? No, I didn't. So. What's the matter with you? How many times did you tell people it was your birthday yesterday? Well, I just kind of walked around like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to offer a gift card. No, I never told anybody. Except the people in line getting their little birthday cards. You know, We all kind of pat each other on the back and swapped ages. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I will say I'm very happy with the way this part of the promotion has turned out. Yeah, so am I. There was a lot of restrictions. We had heard there were going to be a lot more restrictions. And it seems like there's not. No, nope, I, I loosened it up a little bit, and I think it, it it's really adding some some value to the experience of going to the park on your birthday. It I mean, seventy five dollars is real money. I mean, that's yeah, seventy five bucks. It is, and you know, and if you choose the fast passes or you know, uh, uh, that's a rip off. Yeah, well, I mean, depending on just who you are and what you're interested in, I'm just saying that they give you options. It's you know, it's not just here. This is all you get. Um, depending on what you're interested in, what you want, you have some options. And I think it really uh, it is a promotion that, 
you know, uh, we talk about, I talk a lot about, you know, give back. What are you going to do? What are you, you going to do for your for your guests? And this is this is definitely in line with that. You can go get a Mickey Mouse watch on your birthday. And yeah. they also have a cart now out in front of City Hall at Magic Kingdom with all the different buttons. So it's like a self-serve. You can get your button and you can get your times guide right there in front of the Magic Kingdom. So no waiting in line now. So you could have gotten one. And I don't know if they've had this before, but they always have. They, I saw in a couple of the stores a whole display of it's my birthday. I'm at Walt Disney World shirts for just absolutely anybody. I mean, That's all, all kinds new of, stuff, new merchandise. Is that new? Okay. Yeah. Kathy, you mentioned that before. You keep saying self-serve. It's not like you can go up and take a handful of buttons. There's yeah. A, really? When we went in, there was no cast member there. I was really, really? surprised. There was wow. nobody there. And, We're going to um, stop that soon. And when we came back, and, and you know, the, I don't know if because people didn't know it was there, but people very nicely just went up and took one button at a time because we stood there and watched to we'll see what people do. Yeah. But the, the bin was always, and it was full when we came back out, so somebody keeps an eye on it. Ask Home Depot and those lime green Mickey heads. Oh, we'll yeah. fix it. Cool. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, Happy birthday, Teresa. For the email, John. <laughs> Happy birthday, Teresa. I'm 23. <laughs> Is that what that promotion's about? <laughs> you, have to carry, you have to count the odd numbers, too. Oh, do I? Okay. All right. All right. Our last voicemail for this week's show comes to us from our good friend, John, in Australia has a question about a family vacation he's planning this December. So here is John. Hello? Hello? Is anybody there? Can somebody please pick up the can on the other end of this piece of string? It's Hugh here from the penile colony in Australia. And the colony and I have some breaking news for you guys. It's just been announced by our Prime Minister that Disney has bought the entire Great Southern Land and will be turning the place into a new DVC resort. In 2023. This announcement until now was called Australia's best kept secret. So what are you waiting for? Mortgage the kids, sell the soul, and purchase your DVC points and come and see us Aussies down under. <laughs> Sorry guys, just couldn't resist it. I filled the comments on last week's show. John here from Sydney, Australia. Aussie John on the Disboards. Just wanted to say a big good day and thank you to Pete and the rest of the crew for the fantastic shows each week. It was great to hear about the toll-free number, as I know you have a number of loyal fans here in Oz that will enjoy talking to their favourite podcast team. Unfortunately for me, my next travels to Florida is a week before the podcast cruise, and again, I'm disappointed to miss the opportunity to meet the crew in person. The cruise sounds fantastic, and based on your past promotions and events, I'm sure that your fans are in for a real treat. Whilst I'm here, however, I was hoping to ask the disc crew to help me out. I'm bringing my family to Walt Disney World in December 09 to take a Disney cruise and to attend our first Mouse Fest. On this trip, we are planning to stay at a moderate resort to, to have a bit more room whilst not blowing the family budget. Having previously stayed at Deluxe and Economy Resorts, I was hoping that the crew could give their recommendations for the best moderate resort for a family with two boys aged 10 and 15. We will have a car and we'll be on the Disney dining plan and we do not anticipate spending too much time in the resort. I really appreciate their help, and I look forward to hearing what the Diz has in store for its listeners in 2009. See you soon, and keep up the great work on the podcast. Well, thanks very much, John. It was great to hear from you. Um, you know, I consider, uh, I've said this in the show before, I consider John podcast fan number one. Um, 
because it was he was one of the first people ever to email us when we first started taking emails. He's been listening to the show from the very beginning. I'm pretty sure he was around in, in like for the first show. That's because there's nothing else to do in Australia. Stop it. Oh, <laughs> and uh, I remember when I remember when he wrote in. I, it must have been the second, first or second email show we did. Um, when he wrote in, it was the first one, certainly from out of the country. And it just, for some reason, his email just hit me that oh my oh my god, there are people listening to us in Australia. That hit me one night. A gentleman sent an email that he listened to us. He was an overnight trucker, and he was listening to our show in the middle of the night in Scotland. Yeah, mm. that one to me, it, it, it actually took me back a second. It was like holy crow. And and that that was the first time I really you know even though I've had the website for years and I know we have uh, visitors to the site from all over the world. You know the show has always been something different for me, um, over and above and apart from the website. And the experience that that just for whatever reason that had a, a really resonant um, uh, the experience resonated for me quite a bit, and uh, so I've always considered John a podcast fan number one. Just wanted to get that out, get that out there. Um, but in terms of your your question regarding uh, a moderate resort with 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 boys, you know I, I'm going to go with Caribbean Beach. Yep. Um, in a pirate room. In a pirate, uh, yeah, in a pirate theme room. Um, if you if it's going to be a moderate, I think with that pool, especially now that it's just been redone, and you know the marina they have there, and um, I just think that would probably be your best bet. Mm-hmm. I was going to say uh, Fort Wilderness. Mm. That's, That's a lot of room. Too. That's a good idea. That's a big room. Uh, one of those trailers, one of those um, log homes, that's a lot of room. There's a bunk bed. There's um, there's bunk beds. There's a Murphy bed. And I, I don't know if that would be considered a moderate resort. Yeah, but no, it's not. It's considered a home away from home, and the price point price point is substantially higher. No, it's higher. actually a moderate now. It's in the moderate category on the Yeah, Disney but website. aren't those aren't those going? I'm having a weird case of deja vu right now. Um, isn't... Uh, yeah, but the price point on those cabins is like two and change a night. Yeah, but they was it like four or five months ago they put them back into the moderate category. Oh, they can put it in whatever category they want. Well, but you know, if you're charging, if you're charging two and change a night for a cabin, um, that's. Uh, I'll have to look. And I think we should all wait until after Pete's review of it because I'm betting mm-hmm. the second night he's homing in his own bed. Once he gets in that cabin, nah. Oh no, I I've stayed there. He's made us turn stuff. He'll he'll do it. I've stayed there. It's very nice. It, it, if you're looking for a hotel experience, it's I, no, I, I will definitely not be back in my own bed. I may be at the Wilderness Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> what is the cabin? It's like a little is house a on log the prairie cab- or is what? Is it a log cabin? Or it's a log yeah, it's a log cabin. No, it's it's actually a home. Well, I mean, it looks like a log cabin. Right, it yeah. looks it's like got- a log cabin. But it's actually a home. But it has heat and of course, and and a kitchen and a bathroom. It looks no, like I mean, the one house the tornado didn't hit. Was <laughs> 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 <What's> it <little> <laughs> the guy outside in the wife beater? <laughs> that house and that house and that house, but it is mine. It sounds like a train. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you going to be cooking in your little cabin? Probably, yeah. Okay. Probably cook out a little bit too. 
They yeah, it comes with a grill. They have grills. Barbecue well, invite grills. me over. No. Yeah, I was going to say, don't we need to Come do a drive-by? Invite me over. I want to leave <laughs> Stella at the kids' club and you cook for me, Pete. When do you get a cook for me? <laughs> <laughs> I think okay. my favorite part of those is that you, there's a hose outside Give if you want to drink. Give them a job, drink. cook for them. <laughs> that she's going to do laundry. What say? There's a hose outside in case you want to take a drink. <laughs> right out of hose. Or a bath. <laughs> Oh Lord! Uh, I think I agree with Kathy. I would say Caribbean Beach for your yeah. That would be my that would be my first choice. But you know what? Let's let's see. After you know, I'll have my review of Fort Wilderness on the next show, Um, and we've got a whole bunch of stuff for the next show from that because we're doing a lot of stuff this week. So, Uh, but you know, you can make your own decision on that. But uh, yeah, I I'm I'm leaning. I would lean toward Caribbean Beach. I would say people who love there are people who love um, Port Orleans. Those have great pools, and they have, they're also on the waterway to downtown Disney, so they have their pluses too. But I think Caribbean Beach, uh, for some reason, Coronado just doesn't seem kid friendly to me. Mm-hmm. I know there are people who love Coronado Springs, but it just doesn't have a kid friendly no, appeal. No, Cor- Coronado is a convention resort, yeah. and unless your kids are young businessmen, <laughs> um, <laughs> I like to wear my name is stickers. <laughs> yeah. Instead of Mickey Mouse stickers, I guess. Hello, my name is. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, hope that answers your question, John. It was great to hear from you. Please be sure to uh, stay in touch and uh, look forward to getting a chance to say hello to you in person on one of your visits, one of your upcoming visits. So that is going to do it for our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Have a great week, everybody, and remember, stay out of the damn lakes. (laughs) 